What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a Bugs Fate podcast. I'm your host, Tanner. I've got Jared with me. Normally, I've got Taylor, but she's out. We've got some... We're busy. So uh, she's she's working on some other stuff. So Jared and I are going to kind of go through this month's topic, and this month's topic is actually going to be termites. We've done this podcast before, but it wasn't necessarily focused on questions. It was more about specifics of the termite themselves. We're going to do a little bit of a refresher. Um about termites, what they do, what we basically treat for them. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, but just kind of getting into it, we're going to have a few questions that I, Jared and I are going to bounce kind of back off of each other, um, give some feedback of what we think of some of these questions that uh, we've researched. So just kind of understanding termites, I'm going to go ahead and ask you this one, Jared. Can you provide a brief overview of what termites are and why they're considered a significant issue for homeowners specifically? So termites are known as soft body insects. They're social insects. They have a social order just like ants. So very similar to ants. Um, what they do is they consume wood and digest cellulose, which there's only a couple creatures in the whole animal kingdom that can do this. So they are a pest. They do damage to our homes, but they are very important to the environment. And the reason they are such a problem is because structurally they can they enact 30 billion dollars of damage annually in the united states alone yeah that's that's billion with a b is that correct billion with a b yes and each one of those repairs it says here is an average of three thousand dollars to repair just like if they get into a wall or if they just get into your closet or something like that that's not considering a whole home it's just the average of repairing termite damage wow Wow. And let alone the headache of trying to find a contractor or someone to come out there and actually see how much damage there is. Because usually when you see somebody that is doing repairs for termites, it's you have to find it. So you kind of have to do some damage to your own home to see like, okay, this board on the right side is completely infested. How about this one? You have to do checks and everything else. I haven't looked into too much of that. I don't know if you have, but just the the reconstruction of this, that has to be a nightmare. Well, I've seen, I've seen numerous projects done because most of the time we don't do anything until the termite damage is remediated. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I go into a home and they suspect termites and I find, you know, I just find a little hole or a little soft spot and when it's termite damage, a contractor could go in there and be like, I need to rip out this whole wall to see what kind of damage and how far it goes. And they'll do it slowly. They'll go um, in between each, uh, each two by four is about 16 or 18 inches mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll tear it down each way that way. And they'll check the studs to check the, the structural integrity of it. And they'll just keep going until they don't find any more damage. Now that could be, you know, two, three studs, or it could be an entire wall into the next room. You know, I've, I've seen huge projects. I've seen small projects, but again, getting all that stuff torn out or, or, um, sistered up with other stuff, it, it ends up being quite a bit of a project. Yeah. It's already a nightmare anyway, cause it's, it's your investment, it's your home. And that's, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's already scary enough to think about something that's just destroying it when you can't see it. So you, you mentioned there, uh, you're looking for kind of holes. So what are, what are some of the common signs of termites infestations that homeowners should be aware of? Uh, are there any specific warning signs that people often overlook? Um, well, it, so, when it comes to termites, there's there's two main and three actually, but you have your subterranean termites, which live in the ground. You have your dry woods, and then you also have your damp woods. Okay, so the damp woods and the dry woods are similar in the fact that they don't need to be in the soil, but dry woods, hence the name, can live in dry wood, structural dry wood. 
and damp woods need moisture ridden so they're they're more often outside they're not usually a structural problem so when you're looking at structural termites you're looking at the dry woods and you're looking at the um, subterraneans so the dry woods your classic signs are going to be what's known as frass in parentheses termite poop it's it's very uniform it looks like tiny coffee grounds can be any color from green to blue to black to white doesn't matter it what what changes the color is the type of wood they're eating and the protozoa that's in their stomach um, that actually digests the cellulose that's what changes the color of the wood so if they're eating white wood their poop isn't necessarily going to be white but regardless okay. you're looking for that frass and then also little tiny pinholes i mean like the end of a pencil a number two pencil if you can find those they're very hard to find your bit your best bet for those is going to be your frass now subterraneans are a little bit easier to find okay so mud tubes um looking into if you're doing an inspection on the interior on the walls you can shine a flashlight up and down the wall parallel with the wall and you can look for waviness you can look for peeling paint um tactile touch just feeling you'll feel if there's a soft spot in mm -hmm. the in the wood um tapping along we call what's what's called a termite tapper you tap along the baseboard you tap along structural elements and you can hear if it's hollow something like that but for a homeowner you're looking for mud tubes you're looking for um structural deficiencies like if a, a picture falls off the wall <laughs> I, I, i've had this i've had people call me and wow. say hey my picture just fell off the wall there's a hole in the wall now and i get there and it's because the termites <laughs> have damaged everything behind the painting um wow you, if you see um dead branches on the outside um if you see a tree dying anything like that that has to do with wood that's breaking down the visual aspect is hard to see unless you're trained to do it it took me a long time to look for these things so a homeowner to call and say hey i have termites it has to be very blatant very obvious yeah so typically um, i mean you mentioned the <clears throat> the pinholes even from your uh, perspective of being a professional and doing this and looking for it that's not your first thing to do is go look for pinholes it's just kind of you find those every now and then so as a homeowner it's not to inspect your walls with a magnifying glass it's just to kind of uh, just kind of look around and see if you see anything odd see if you see any kind of mud tubes and see if you see any kind of droppings uh, or any kind of warping or if you have your curtains fall off the wall or something odd like that that's yep. kind of more what you can do is that kind of along the basis of what a homeowner can do yeah so that, that, that's along the basis of what a homeowner do. Keep your eye out. You're looking for frass. You're looking for mud tubes for the, each individuals. But honestly, you should be having a termite inspection. You should be calling a pest control company, a, a professional who knows exactly what they're looking for, who's been trained in it, and can find stuff that you have no idea what you're looking for. That's how you should do it. But yes, every homeowner should keep an eye out for those those big signs. Right. And, and I think the, the point of having, even if you don't, you're not sure you've never had an inspection. The point of it would be, this is an investment. Your home's an investment and it's someplace, you know, you're maybe raising kids, raising a family, you know, you've got a lot of important things there. You want to protect that investment. So even if you don't have it, having the peace of mind knowing of, Hey, I got an inspection and I'm good for right now. Um, it, it really is prudent in this aspect of things. So going along the lines of protecting your home, um, how do termites actually damage homes and structures and what are the long uh, potential long-term consequences if an infestation is left unchecked? Okay. So like I said before, the termites eat wood, they consume the cellulose that's in the wood. And what they'll do is they'll bury through and 
this goes for new homes that are made of styrofoam this goes for concrete block homes this goes for anything if there's any kind of wood whatsoever in your home it needs to be protected from termites they'll get in there they'll eat it to where it literally looks like a book of pages so they'll eat across the grain okay the the um drywoods will eat across and the and the subs will eat with and it looks like a book of papers when they're done with it so wow. what it does is it takes away the structural integrity of the wood so literally if you let it go unchecked and it it doesn't I, I don't really have it in a specific amount of time because it really depends on the size of the colony and the species like if you have eastern subs your structure is going to last a little bit longer than if you have a formosan colony and then if you have a huge formosan colony then you're you got a real problem right so bottom line is if it's left unchecked and not treated your house is going to fall down around you mm -hmm. it, it just it will eventually over time yeah if, if left unchecked i mean most of the time though the extreme example of a picture falling off a wall or curtains that's going to be the first sign and right. most of the time that's when it prompts a call but if somebody doesn't care um i've never have you ever heard of a story of someone's house like actually fall like a wall falling or something breaking have you ever heard of that i have never been in a house where it's actually fallen down but there have been two instances where i was afraid to go in the house wow. just from the damage i could see from the outside so the whole outside of the house that i could see was shredded to pieces and i do not know how it was standing wow. okay so i didn't even i, I wouldn't even go inside because we're obviously weren't going to give a warranty for that so i didn't feel like putting me at risk going inside there to look but we ended up treating that house and get rid of the one of them we treated one we didn't even treat the one we did treat we actually got rid of their colony did he fix all the structural damage i mean honestly i think you would have to rip that whole house down and start from scratch to wow. get it better but yeah and unfortunately as pest control professionals and termite specialists our job is not to reconstruct it's just to get rid of the problem that's causing more damage and that's that's another hard piece i'm sure you've seen with you know talking with customers is like look you have damage i can't do anything about what's already been done but i can stop what the continuation of this and it still is a headache but at least it's like a hey we've 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 stopped it here so um going from that point i know uh, you've seen all types of things i've I kind of know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you go first. Can termites okay. infest furniture and wooden uh, objects inside someone's home that's not necessarily connected, or are they primarily primary a threat to structural elements of the building? Okay, so subterraneans are primarily structural. They can. They can get into – I've seen them in a grand piano. Um, you know, it was against the wall. They came through the wall and then hit the piano, and, and they started infesting that. Um I've seen a couple instances of of subs in different pieces of furniture or um, outside in garages and workbenches, things like that. But mainly, if you're going to have a termite in a piece of furniture, it's going to be a dry wood because it doesn't have to be connected to the soil. They can get their moisture that they need from um, the wood that they consume, unlike the subs. So you, it, it's actually very common, but it's it's more than likely going to be dry woods but then you also have to look if it's something that's eating it could be a powder post beetle could be an annelid or um a bistricate you know some other kind of wood destroying organism it doesn't have to be a termite but they right. do get in furniture right and that's kind of along the lines of um 
a question, especially coming up this time of year in the next, you know, six, eight weeks or so, is, mm-hmm. is we get a lot of the swarmers that come around and we also get people that get carpenter ants. And uh, whenever you hear carpenter ants and you hear termites, uh, often is assumed is that they do the same thing, whereas carpenter ants excavate wood where termites eat it and damage it. So it, it could be completely healthy wood and depending on which one it is. Um, but those are the main the main differences. But I have personally seen as a technician go into somebody's house and they have brought something from, you know, uh, flea market, brought something from, you know, secondhand. Um, not always new from the store, but I've heard stories of people saying like, oh, I bought this new from the store and I got X bug from it. I'd say it's a little bit more rare because of the quality control. But I can't say it's impossible because it is wood. Um but I've seen it personally where people have dry woods because you see the the actual frass coming out and it's, you know, it's only in that one particular spot. So mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen the grand piano thing is kind of crazy to me, but uh, yeah. I've never seen anything uh, as far as Formosan or subterraneans that come in that way. But I've definitely seen the dry woods. And if it's connected to the structure, it, anything is because they don't they, they can't differentiate anything. They're just searching for food. And yep. If it's yeah, cellulose and delete it. Yeah. So they're not, I think sometimes we give human elements to uh, insects in general and say like, oh, they, they came out and they saw and they tried to scare me or, oh, they came in here specifically. No, they're just trying to survive. They're trying to get away from things. And in particular, termites trying to eat. And if they're, if you've got wood there, they can definitely eat it. So we're going to kind of spin into the prevention and control section here. Um, now, we've talked about what homeowners can be on the lookout for, but what proactive measures can homeowners take to prevent termite infestations? Are there specific steps or practices that are particularly effective in termite prevention? Okay, so there are some uh, what, uh, do-it-yourself kind of things. Um, there's professional things. Uh, but strictly speaking, when it comes to termites, subterranean termites are able to um we're able to prevent okay so baiting systems in the ground such as centricon or trelona are actually preventative measures you can also put them in the ground once you have termites to eradicate and get rid of the infestation but a lot of people put them in the ground before anything happens to keep them out because based on their biology and the technology of the baiting system it will kill the colony before it gets into your house Okay, that's a whole nother show of explaining that. <laughs> yeah. Um, dry woods, and again, we're here at Cross, we're subterranean experts. We know a little bit about dry woods from classes and research and stuff that I've done, but I've heard that orange oil, um, there are some dry wood sprays, um, things like DE or diatomaceous earth. Uh, there's also, um, sodium borate stuff like that mm-hmm. uh they, they'll spray in attics they'll spray in the when when they're first constructing a house things like that to prevent dry woods um how well that works i honestly can't say myself because i don't do those applications mm-hmm. but i i've heard good things about them but then i've also heard on the other side that there's absolutely no prevention for dry woods you can have a dry wood infestation pinch your home and then the very next day, a new swarm come in and they start a new colony in there. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's kind of a hit or miss with the dry woods. But if you put in a baiting cyst for subterraneans, you can, you can prevent them. Right. Right. And I actually have some personal experience with uh, dry woods uh, at a relative uh, house of mine. They did, they did the treated wood. They had a whole bunch of wood around their house. They were near a river. 
uh, they live on a river and um, they actually had, there's some type of wood that they usually build with. I want to say it's like red cedar or something like that, that they said it's a really hard wood and termites, it's like termite resistant is what they, they quoted to my family member at the time as it was being built or purchased that, hey, this typically doesn't get termites and it's really rare. And let me tell you something, that house, it did not matter. They were coming because there was wood everywhere. And it wasn't the Formosans or the subterraneans, but it was definitely the dry woods that were just causing lots and lots of problems. And I was very young. Really? Oh, yeah. I was very young when, you know, it was figured out. But it, my dad had to go out there and explain, like, look, it's it, it can't do much. It's dry woods. You know, they're just going to fly. I can kill the ones that are here. It's great. But tomorrow they could be in the same section in another panel. It's 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 unfortunately how it goes. But as far as... What someone can do, what I'm hearing from you, is the best thing they can do to protect basically from anything as far as the termite world goes is to be obviously uh, be observant in your home, but get inspections. Mm -hmm. get have, have people out there to look and make sure that there is nothing in the, the hidden corners of your home that you don't see that's there. And there's not, it's not necessarily a trim the trees back from the, the outside of your house, get rid of all the conducive conditions. Now, I think you would say that if there was homes that had a bunch of trees around, there's a bunch of sticks and logs laying up against the house, you want to get those away from the house. But Absolutely. it's still they can still come from anywhere because they're in the grounds, the main ones that we're worried about. So the best thing that I'm, I'm sure Jared would echo this is, is to make sure that you are getting your inspections and having someone out there and being um, – proactive in the termite realm instead of reactive because once you react you're you're usually reacting late and there's problems already and people can do whatever they want to in their home i've seen people that let uh, dry woods go because it's not a big deal and they i've literally heard this as a technician they've said the house will fall down well after i'm gone so i'm not worried about it and i've heard it too yeah and that's <laughs> and that's i completely respect that but if you're you know, a homeowner that really cares about your property or, you know, whatever the situation may be and you want to be proactive, inspections are definitely going to be the way to go. So next question here, in the event of a termite infestation, what are the recommended methods for control and eradication? Are there eco-friendly or alternate approaches to traditional chemical treatments? Do you want to know my opinion or do you want to know the industry's opinion? I'd like to hear your opinion because okay. let's start with yours first and then get some industry insight after if we can. So there's a couple of different ways that you can deal with subterraneans. There's the in-ground baiting system, there's spot treating, and then there's what's called trench and treat. <laughs> we, Tanner and I actually went to a class up at UF and, and learned all about trench and treat and I'm... In my professional opinion, I have no idea why anyone would ever do that. Can I just pause the, you there real quick? Jared and I did okay. this course, and <laughs> we're, we're the new guys there. <laughs> and, and, of course, all those people there are trying to learn. But University of Florida puts it on. It's a great program. But we're outside doing the physical demonstration of actually trenching and not treating with chemical, but treating with water to see what it would be like. And Jared and I are standing together just chatting and talking and with some other people. And the actual DAX officer that was there was kind of walking around. And you either, it was either to him or to the actual teacher himself. I think, I think it was Joe. I think it was the actual teacher. Yeah, the teacher, he comes by and goes, well, jump on in. And you looked at him and said, why would anyone do this? And it was the funniest thing because it, it was funny at the time. It wasn't like you were being disrespectful, but it's just right. like you were there such an advocate. You were yeah, such yeah. an because, advocate for the other stuff. I know how well Centricon works. I, I, I had been putting it in for a few years before we went to this class, and I have gotten rid of every single colony that I have come across that I put that system in. 
because I always go back and I do the, I do the checkups and I do the renewals, and it's a tenth of the work. It's a tenth yeah. of the price, and I don't understand why anyone would ever do that. But I guess for certain applications, there it's called for. But I, we, me we and you both decided we would never do it. Yeah. Here. And and just to go over what trenching and treating is, now there's very specifics, but basically they will dig a trench around the outside of your home that's got to be a certain depth, and then they take a rod that has chemical in it, jam it down into the earth every couple feet, and spray a good amount of uh, treatment in there to take care of subterraneans. And then also, once they get to, uh, let's say you have a big driveway, they're going to tap and drill into your driveway typically so that they can say, like, hey, we've covered all aspects of this. So even... Even the um, kind of old school nature that it seems to be out there digging outside someone's house, you're also drilling and damaging things. I've seen pool decks that have holes every, uh, you mm-hmm. know, a couple feet, and you never match the color right based on stuff. You never match the cement right. It's always discolored, and you can just see that. Now, is it called for sometimes? Sure, maybe. But if if you can get a system in the ground that doesn't has any cause any damage to the actual home itself or the structure or driveways, um, why wouldn't you do that? I just don't. It, it didn't make sense to you at the time and me mm-hmm. at the time, but it was just your reaction to that in that class, which made me laugh yeah. so much. It's pretty so, funny now that I look back at it. So you don't. You would say that you're. Uh, that's kind of an industry standard, but that's not our standard, right? It's actually you're correct. It's still done quite a bit in the industry. We don't do it at all. All we do is the Centricon system. We don't even do spot treats because, again, spot treats are you can get rid of what's in that spot, but you are more than likely not killing the colony, so they're just going to come right back. Mm-hmm. Um, nature hates a vacuum, so they're just going to fill the void. Um, but then when it comes to dry woods, you have spot treat which is a li- is is more effective against dry woods because they're easier to kill. They have smaller colonies and when you find the pinholes in the wall that you can spot treat, there's a good chance that the king and queen are somewhere in that vicinity where you can pump that foam or pump that dust into. And then you also have tenting. Tenting kills everything, mm-hmm. so there's no way to miss. You yeah. you tent your house, you get rid of your problem. Yeah. And tenting is very our company used to do it back in the 80s, mm-hmm. um, and it was very um, in-depth, a lot of breakdown, a lot of uh, worry. But, I mean, you are pumping lots of, of gas inside someone's home, and you ha- there's a process to it. Uh, my my dad did that years and years ago, um, you know, here and there, and you'd have to take people's drawers out, make sure that all the stuff was out, that, you know, all the food had to be out there if it wasn't completely sealed, and then you have to worry about making sure people stay out of there. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's still, to me, in my opinion, not necessarily the company's, um, but my opinion is that kind of seems along the lines of trenching and treating. It's a very old school way. Now, is it effective? Have they found something that is better than that yet? I don't believe so as far as the dry woods not go. That I know of. Right. So that, it, it just seems like we haven't, technology hasn't been caught up for the dry woods specifically, but that's what the tenting is for is. You, and you see them, uh, you know what you're talking about. You drive down the road, you see a crazy colored tent. You know, a lot of times people try to get their eye on it, and then they put their company logo there somewhere. And it works, but it just seems like it's pretty old school in nature. But that is one that is employed. That is not one that we do because it's just a completely different termite that we don't treat for. But um, it just, it, to me, in my opinion, it seems a little bit old school. Hopefully technology comes around just like uh, Centricon has for the subterraneans and they'd have something specific for dry woods that you can do something similar as well. That would be awesome. Yeah. It'd, it'd help out a lot of people. And if you could do prevention for those as well, 
uh, that would be great. But that's going to be a little bit harder because, as Jared mentioned earlier, they don't need to be in connection to the ground for moisture, so you don't necessarily know where they're going to land, and it's just hard mm -hmm. to be that proactive uh, ahead of time. So uh, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. We're going to go into kind of the frequently asked questions piece here. Um, I mentioned that we're going to go through swarming season here soon, and for what people don't know about swarming seasons when they I'll let Jared explain swarming season here in a second but how do I differentiate between flying ants and termites is is there a simple way to identify which one might be causing an issue or plaguing my home all right so there's three big ways the first way is the antennas so on an ant they're elbowed meaning they're bent to the side on a termite they're straight up and down now to a layperson who doesn't look at this a lot that might be difficult to see in a way the second um way is the wings on an ant there's two sets of wings but they're two different sizes and then on a termite there's two sets of wings but all four are the same size so if you see a differentiation in size it's an ant and then the biggest way the easiest way is the pinched waist so a termite's body looks like a sausage all the way through okay like a very tiny sausage and then an ant has three body segments with a pinched waist and it, it's it you it's hard to miss you really yeah. can't miss it if, you, if you're looking for that okay yeah. so before everyone freaks out if you're not sure just take a picture send it in to us and i'll tell you within 30 seconds what it is right not a big deal you actually with with the wing identification uh and correct me if i'm wrong but once you get to the termites and you do determine that it is a termite, if you can see the picture well enough or the specimen, you can tell which type of termite it is basically because of the cross hatching in the wings, correct? Very true. Yes. So if you have just the wings, if you don't have a body and you have the wings, save those, save them in a plastic bag, give them to one of our technicians. They'll bring it in. I'll get it under the microscope and I'll be able to tell you whether you have either an ant or a termite one and then what type of termite, drywood or sub. Right. Yeah. And one, just like Jared said, the, the sausage, I used to tell people on the phone when I, even when we didn't have a termite department, when I was first a technician, um, I said, look at the bug now. Is it all one line like your pinky? Look at your pinky. Does it look like your pinky? And then if they'd say yes, they'd say, That's okay. Good. I like that. And, and on the other side, if I said, if there's any pinched in section at all, it's an ant. You know, don't worry, we can come out there with treat whatever we needed to tell them at the time to let them know the correct information in the process from there. But that is by far one of the biggest calls we would get in the early springtime was, oh, my goodness, I have termites, I have termites. And sometimes they did. Sometimes they didn't. And we would try to give the tools necessary for people to identify them on their own because you can't necessarily keep them out of your home sometimes, but if you can identify what it is, you can save that headache, that heartache. Oh my goodness, they're not open right now. I got to call them in the morning. My house is going to fall down. Uh, it's ants. Of course, you don't want ants yeah, in yeah. your home, but they're not destroying your home uh, at the same time. So next question, kind of along the same lines, are termites okay. attracted to lights and are they attracted to moisture as well? Uh, are there certain environmental conditions that make a home more susceptible to termites than others? Okay. So termite, all termites are attracted to, well, all termite swarmers are attracted to light. Let me take that back. Other termites, uh, either sub or drywood, their, their workers, their blind workers do not like light. They stay inside the wood or they stay under the ground in a mud tube and, and they don't like light. It's all, all swarmers do, are attracted to lights though. Um, and then the second question, moisture. Moisture is a big part. Um, like I said before, dry woods are able to get their moisture from the wood that they eat. 
Um, so there has to be a certain amount of moisture content in the wood. And even if the, the wood's treated properly, all the wood in your house, even if there's not a water leak or something like that, it's still, it still has enough moisture in it for, for a dry wood colony to live. Okay. So there's nothing you can do about that. Um, now, when it comes to the subs, the subs build their mud tubes because what it does is that that keeps their moisture in their body. They get their moisture from the soil. So as they're traveling up and down those mud tubes, that, that can be out in the sun, that could be under a piece of furniture, that could be under a, a hardwood floor, doesn't matter where it is. That's their safety net that keeps them, keeps the moisture in their body is that soil tube. Um, so moisture is a very big part of it. Now, there are things and it's 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 kind of rare it's probably like a i think it's i think i've heard it's like 92 to 8 percent um 92 to 8 92 percent to 8 percent um when it comes to subterraneans that an infestation will start in the soil and then there's eight percent that it could be an aerial infestation and what an aerial infestation means is that they land on a roof or a part of a structure that actually has a water source like a leak or something like that where they don't have to touch the soil to get their moisture and they can so formosans or, or eastern subs or something like that can actually start a colony inside somewhere without touching the soil it is possible but it is rare wow. too wow i didn't know that <laughs> learn something new every day yep. um, so uh, getting into some more of the the questions can termites cause health issues for humans or pets and are there any risks associated with termite infestations beyond property damage Okay, so the one good thing about termites is they are not disease vectors, okay? They're, they do not carry any human diseases, anything like that. They're not going to get your pet sick, you sick, kid sick, nothing like that. Um, besides structural damage, that's really the only only uh, problem that they cause. Okay, and, th and that in itself is already enough. I mean, it's enough yes, that is enough. Stress yeah. and everything else, but right. you don't have to worry about ticks or fleas or anything like that. No, nothing like that. Your... Thank goodness. Yeah, so... Um, at least that is one. <laughs> we'll look at the positives of them. Is Positive, that, right. Yeah. <laughs> so are there any natural predators or deterrents for termites that I can introduce to my property to help prevent infestations? Um, <laughs> okay. So well, this makes me laugh a little bit because it's almost like I got a cat for, for my mice. <laughs> is there mm -hmm. an anteater that I can get? <laughs> it's similar, but okay. So here's what I have. So you have six different ant species, and we're not going to get into each one, but you have six different ant species that actively seek out termites. They, It's one of their main food sources, so, so there are certain ants. But now you have to ask yourself, do <laughs> I want ants in my yard via termites, or instead can I just get the centricon system, yeah. which kills the termites, and then I don't have to add ants to my yards. But it's, it's, it's a possibility. Um, moles eat termites. Uh, spiders will catch the swarmers in their net and their webs and, mm -hmm. and eat them. Uh, birds, reptiles, things like that. But let me tell you something. I don't know how effective they are, but I've been to two properties that's had termites and I've dug them up. And these, these, these customers have had chickens on their properties <laughs> and these chickens destroy them do that i've never seen anything like it like you said getting a cat to, to deal with a mice problem i don't know if, <laughs> if it would work because they would have to dig but if they could find them these these chickens were destroying these termites it was i was amazing i got video of it um but it was one of, it, it was actually really cool um do-it-yourselfers um like i said earlier there are a couple things like diatomaceous earth and sodium borate 
I got one on here that says aloe vera, right? So if you have an aloe vera plant and you know where a termite infestation is, it says you can put the, the gel around there. And mm. if they, when they get in the gel, they'll suffocate. Now, my question is, how many aloe plants do you need to kill a colony? Yeah. Like, if you have a million termites in a colony, that's a lot of aloe vera. Mm -hmm. um, neem oil, orange oil. Orange oil is probably the biggest one in the industry. I know a lot of people use that. Again, I don't know how effective it is. Mm -hmm. um, salt, which will desiccate them and dry them out. Um, and then soap solution. So soap solution has not been done doesn't do well with subterraneans but from what i've read if you can find a dry wood colony and you know exactly where it is in the wall or where, where it is in the structure and you take a warm soapy solution and pump it in there you'll kill the colony that's wow. all it takes to kill a dry wood colony that's how fragile they are wow i didn't know yep. that i mean even um, we're kind of answering the last question. I'll read it out and just whatever. We don't have to answer because we already did. But are there DIY methods or home remedies for dealing with termites, or is it always necessary to hire a professional? Um, so, of, but of course, of course, there there is home remedies and things you can do and try. But just going back to the aloe vera plant, you're going to plant, let's say, sixty of them around your house. That's great. But how much peace of mind are you going to get from that? Of if they miss that one time and they just happen to go past it. You're, you're now just as susceptible as the person who is completely oblivious to all the DIY things. So it just kind of, to me, it's it's more of a calculated risk. You know, if you want to introduce ants to your property, just like you said, you're free to do so. Would we recommend it? Absolutely not. Am I going to do that in my home? Absolutely not. Would it be would it be very insightful? And could I study that and take pictures of that? I'd love to see that. But, that might be cool. Yeah, but as far as as far as believing in it, and saying, like, I know this is working, there's just nothing like uh, some of the treatments that are out there from professionals and and especially what we endorse, which is a Centricon system. And as far as hiring a pest control service, you don't necessarily have to hire them once you do an inspection, uh, in my opinion, but you still need to get an inspection just to see what is done and go from that process there because what goes on in the dark corners of your home you can often lead to major, major remodeling uh, a lot of it's a lot of cost i mean you said what was it 30 billion dollars uh in the beginning about yeah all the damage. 30 billion dollars yeah and that just just adds up and it, i don't know about you guys but i don't we there's not a lot of uh, disposable income in the world right now and if we can do something small to help prevent bigger issues of course we're going to you know suggest getting a professional out there and it doesn't even have to be us but just the peace of mind is big there so just a caveat to that I, I don't want people to think that if they're vigilant and if they get a pest control company out there, that there's no way they're going to get termites. So here's the thing I always tell customers when I'm in their home and I'm doing an inspection, if I don't find anything, I'm does not mean that they don't have termites. Okay. You know, I'm not Superman. I can't see into the wall. Mm -hmm. So they might be in there that they haven't done enough damage to where I can feel it or see the paint peeling yet. Um, they could be underneath the foundation coming in through a crack, eating the, eating the floor that I'm not able to see yet. So doing your due diligence and having a pest control company come out there and do an inspection once a year is great, but that is not a hundred percent guarantee that you are not going to get termites. Yeah. I just, I just want that to be said. Very good point. It's, it's almost like, um, 
even our pest control services and the, and the bugs we talked about in the past Same in previous thing. episodes. You know, just because you have us out there for you know roaches and ants that you may have had in the past doesn't mean that you're never going to see them again. But it, but especially with termites, it sets you up to to be way more proactive than reactive, and you can oftentimes get ahead of a problem, a major issue. Um, well before it's established and really, really bad. But does it stop it from happening? No, we're, it's just, that's just not how pest control works. It's not pest elimination, it's pest control. So times it does show up in people's homes and, you know, we have to react to things. And But there is some proactive measures you can definitely take. But it's a very good point, and I'm glad you brought that up, that just because someone does hire a professional and, and gets an inspection or gets the uh, Centricon system, you know, the Centricon system is very, very well. We haven't seen anything that's really failed with it, but it doesn't mean that you may not get dry woods. It doesn't mean that you might not see roaches. It doesn't mean that you might not see something else just because you're a professional <laughs> out there. So uh, it's it's just the nature of where we live, uh, especially in Florida. We're very susceptible to things. So um, that's really all that the questions I do have just to kind of um, wrap up here. Uh, if you do have any kind of questions or anything for us, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, anytime you have something crazy, like if you've got a bunch of chickens and you <laughs> dig up holes and you let them destroy the termites, please let us know. We definitely want to see that. Um, and we appreciate everyone that listens. Uh, check out our socials. We're posting um, different things here and there. So if there is any kind of questions or anything that come up, please obviously uh, reach out to us. But um that's all i got jared you got anything else just if you have any questions that you might have termites send me pictures of damage send me pictures of the insect i'll help you as much as i can okay just send it to me what are we using service at cross yep that's it okay that's it so reach out to us uh, appreciate you listening and we'll catch you guys on the next one see ya